Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Today, we're talking about... I know, I still got a wave. Today, we're talking about that insane Belgian Grand Prix qualifying and answering some of your questions. Now, as you may be able to tell, I'm not Matt Gallagher. (laughs) My name is... I'm not, no, surprisingly, not in a wig or anything. My name is Katie, and if you're new here, I am the website editor at WTF1, and joining me on the podcast today is none other than Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. You don't have... You're not paid to say. I've just made that clear. It's in my contract. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> Don't make I keep that saying this and pe- people will believe it. Um, but yeah, Matt is on holiday this week, the lucky thing. Um, and we're certainly going to miss him as we talk through this qualifying from Spa, Franco Champ. Um, but firstly, let's start with some good news, which I'm sure if you're listening or watching this podcast, you've probably seen the qualifying. Um, Lando Norris was involved in a very nasty shunt uh, in Q3, and we've been given the news that he has been given the all clear to race, which is excellent. Not too sure about the condition of his car yet, if he'll need any yeah, gearbox or chassis changes or anything like that, but he's he's doing all right, which is great news, isn't it, Tommy? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was yeah, a very nasty shunt, especially at a corner that has come under a bit of scrutiny. We'll go into it later about kind of that corner. But um, it's one of those one of those things where well we just uh, we're not long finished a watch along have we and we just pretty much called it the exact same thing you we it was so clear that you could see that the conditions were too bad to race and then sure enough straight in the wall but yeah thank thankfully he's all right and he's been cleared to race due to start ninth but I guess we'll wait and see whether that is pit lane maybe who knows but bit of a shame because he was on for a pretty incredible lap you know he might have even got pole genuinely like it's really not it's not ridiculous to say he would have got pole so especially when he got Russell and PT (laughs) yeah exactly proves anything can happen but like you say um we saw him when he had the accident he got out the car relatively unaided obviously the medical team were quick on the scene um seems to be holding his elbow which worried us quite a bit um but he's had an x-ray not come back with any serious injuries or fractures or anything like that. It's just very sore, which I can imagine it's not going to be easy to race tomorrow. So we'll have to wait and see. It might be that Lando sleeps on it and decides, you know what, guys, I think I'm going to sit this one out because I'm just feeling too sore, Um, which, of course, if he does decide to do, totally fair. Um, I'm still doing that as a racing driver personally. Yeah, I mean, if we've got people like Roman Grosjean that like are desperate to get back into the car after what happened to them in Bahrain last year, like... These racing drivers are made of, as Matt would say, a different kind of mineral. Yeah. (laughs) It's as if he's on the podcast. Um, Right, let's jump straight into some questions uh, because we've got one here from Team WTF1 member and... Coolio? No, I'm a bit I like think the that's Coolio. I don't think it's Coolio. Coolio. <laughs> I mean, we could have the rapper Coolio as a WTF1 member. I mean, that would be very <laughs> cool. We already know Yuki's view on the traffic paradise. It could be a bit of a merging of worlds. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe. It is Coolio. 
it is Coolio. Um, sorry, by the way, if I dodge anybody's names up in this, as as people will well know, I'm terrible. Can't be any worse than that, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Coolio asked, do you think race control will be a bit more cautious tomorrow if heavy rain is forecast? This is a track that has seen a number of hefty incidents, so I really hope they are more cautious. Considering the delay to the F3 race, Q3 should have been delayed as a no-brainer when you could barely see the cars. Tommy, do you want to start on that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier that we we just saw this happening mm. in the watch-along. I even said my exact words were, surely he's just going to aquaplane straight off at Eau Rouge. He did hit the wall. So predictable. Then you've got Sebastian Vettel on the radio going, I told you this was going to happen. It seemed like everyone knew this was bad. You could see on the warm-up lap, it got to the point where it was like, nah, this is too sketchy. They can't see anything. And I know these cars can race in wet conditions, but when they can't see anything and they will just aquaplane off, it's not really a case of like driver skill anymore. It's just, it's just not racing. So it was so obvious it was going to happen. And I, I personally can't believe they didn't call the red flag early. It's a shame that they, it just seems to be that they will wait for an enormous accident. And thank, thank God, you know, we said it before. Thank goodness, you know, Sebastian Vettel wasn't coming up behind him because mm. Lando bounced back on the track. Um, we all know what happens. We've unfortunately seen that in the past, especially in, in Formula Two with Hugh Bear, sadly. And it's not what it's not what anyone wants to see. We want to see racing, but we don't want to see racing like that. So I don't know why they didn't call it earlier. No, like you say, incredibly lucky that the cars were as spaced out as they were because that could have been horrendous with Seb coming up so quickly from my rouge. But um, yeah, it's like you said, it, it's evident that the conditions were bad. Like we could see that as armchair experts as well, they want to call us from our watching on TV and like the FIA and Formula One have got spotters all around the circuit and people that aren't at the circuit further away to, you know, say what weather is coming to the track and stuff like that. So I'm really surprised Q3 went ahead and Sebastian Vettel, he's somebody who's very vocal about safety in Formula One. He said afterwards, I mean, he went to go and find Michael Massey after qualifying to say, look, I want to have a word with you because that wasn't on. Um, and you know, Seb <laughs> why is it taking battle to do <laughs> stuff like that? I mean, come on, it's crazy, isn't it? But yeah, Seb basically said that Q3 should never have gone ahead, and that these drivers, you know, they all want to go out there and race and stuff like that. But he kind of touched upon the fact that as a driver, if you think it's unsafe, if you're like the only driver that decides to stay in the pits and not go out and set a lap time, then that's not going to look too great on you because people are going to be like, oh, it's chickened out, all that kind of thing. But Daniel you know, Ricciardo these... said something very yeah. similar, actually, and it shows that it shouldn't. It, that's it's not fair on the drivers to put them in no. that situation. No, like we all know, motorsport is dangerous. Like that's the first thing you're told when you get into it. Like it's a dangerous sport, um, and it's not people being like any less of a fan like we had all this talk about um Eau Rouge and Radion over the weekend because unfortunately this isn't the first accident we've seen there this weekend there was a crash in W series in their qualifying on Friday evening in which six cars were involved and fortunately same again all of the um drivers involved were able to to walk away from that 
Um, but it shouldn't be that drivers are having to put things out on Twitter, asking for change. Like they, it shouldn't have to be like their job. Like they're, they're there to race. And obviously, yes, it's important as the people who are actually on the track to have influence into making things safer and stuff like that. But that's the whole purpose of the FIA and having a race director is that unnecessary risks like this are eliminated there and then it shouldn't have to take me and you sitting on a quality watch along to be like why haven't they red flagged this <laughs> like yeah. it, it just makes no when sense when all the fans me. can see it at home yeah why can't the race director and this is the problem with Massey sometimes and a lot of the time it seems that he likes to put his own like ego and stubbornness before the safety a lot of the time and wants to save face and it's like I'd, I'd much rather you admit oh yeah actually no this isn't this isn't cool mm. then you know it taking the life of a driver or you know taking something absolutely horrific to happen before before it happens and we've had, just seems to have been a so many near misses mm. um recently it's the list just keeps adding up unfortunately yeah I mean I don't want to sit here and tell someone how to do their job when I have like no experience yeah. I couldn't do Michael Massey's job tomorrow like I'm not claiming that I could but when his name is being dragged through the mud almost every race weekend now if it's not safety it's penalties or it, you know it's something else and it's like obviously we all massively miss Charlie Whiting who was the F1 race director before Massey took over and it must be incredibly difficult to step into Charlie Whiting's shoes because he had the respect from every single person in this sport. But the the simple thing is that he's not doing a good enough job. And it's not just a case of like, you know, these are drivers' lives that we're talking about here. I know it's get this is getting very serious and, and dark and stuff like this, but that's at the end of the day, that's yeah. Where, and we what, seem to be having is. this conversation literally yeah. every three races now, rather than it being like a once a year thing or you know a really freak accident it seems like this narrative is just going on and on it's it's concerning and obviously it's not just the FIA that can make calls to make things like this not happen maybe there needs to be some changes to the circuit and that has been a very popular topic of discussion not just this weekend but for the last few years we had Fittipaldi who was in a 24 uh, a WEC, yeah, a WEC yeah, star race. race yeah. yeah, and he crashed um, at Eau Rouge, broke both his legs, obviously awful, awful accident for him. As you mentioned, we had the passing of Hubert in 2019. Jack Aitken, lovely Jack Aitken, um, he suffered um, some nasty injuries uh, in a crash, literally at the start of this month with a broken collarbone yep. and fractured vertebra. It, so I'm not suggesting that we completely steamroll over a rouge make it flat you know like yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not what anyone's suggesting but it's more the surrounding area of the corner that needs some serious looking into and I know we're going to touch upon it we've got a question coming up from a, a fan who read let's jump to that because this leads nicely onto our point so at Maitland underscore Miller once again very sorry if that is not correct but um asked could we see more changes in the coming years to Spa to make it safer so that these big accidents stop happening so frequently um and there are some changes coming to Spa from June well from 2022 ready for some international motorcycle racing happening there in June 2022 
um, which follow similar to F1 have the FIA rules. So circuits have to follow certain checklists to make sure that they're grade one and appropriate for Formula One races. Um, international motorcycle racing needs to follow FIM rules. Um, and so they're making some changes, including enlarging corners and adding gravel traps to several corners at Spa, including Radion, La Source, um, and places like that. But do you think that's going to be enough of a of a thing to change, Tommy? Or do you think that other things need to happen for it to be classified as safer? I think I think personally, the, the changes that I've seen, it's, it's hard to tell until we actually see them but I think my biggest concern with this corner is always the fact that the cars can it it, it tightens so much that barrier that it almost is like um if you go in there you're only going in one place and that's back on the track and that's not the way it should be um such a high speed section for for it to essentially be yeah, a, a wall that is catapulting you back mm. into the direction of the cars that are coming. There's no real surprise that we've had these horrible accidents. And I can't believe that it's not been done sooner that it's taken for motorbike racing to mm. come there for it to change. Because I don't know about you. I mean, even uh, would it have been last year? Yeah, last year. So like the first year back after Hubert's death. It does make me wince when they go through that corner on the first lap because they're all so close and it is just one little moment can cause can be catastrophic. And yeah, I'm I'm really glad they are changing it. And that that's the thing, it doesn't need to be, you know, you don't need to put a silly hairpin in or anything like that. No. It's not corners like maggots and beckets, for example, you know, they're amazing corners. They can be safe, and we've not seen anything too bad there. Um you know, even, even cops, you know, you had that horrendous crash and I don't really want to bring up the crash <laughs> again for internet mm. comments, but um, Max was able to walk away from that and, you know, it's a fairly safe corner. So you can have these incredible corners in Formula One and they don't need to be completely sanitised. Um, so, yeah, I just... I just want to get through this race to be honest and then make these changes happen um because it needs to happen it does it's it's not right as fans that we already are full of anxiety for the start of the race tomorrow like as soon as qualifying finishes everyone's like oh goodness what's going to happen going up a rouge for lap one tomorrow like i can already that's... in my head as saying that they like and this, I'm not trying to like be that, oh, I've watched F1 for years, but I can already, and you see it on Twitter, you know, people going like, oh, these Drive to Survive fans, they can't cope with like crashes, it's part of F1. It's like, it is, but it is part of F1, but like the safety is so improved. And, mm. you know, I've watched Formula One since like 1996 and there's not been many races that I go into and I'm just like, this corner just, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um mm. It's just, yeah, it really is like how many more incidents, you know, there, there can be freak accidents in Formula One. Um, look at Grosjean's crash, that corner, you'd never think a car would go in there. And now there's things they can do, they can change it, blah, blah, blah. But this, 
this crash is so mm. common now. It's ha- it seems to be happening almost every series that go to Spa. So something needs to be done. Um, and thankfully it is. So yeah. let's just hope it works. Exactly. Very well said. I don't think it makes you any less of a fan to be concerned no. for driver safety. So if there are people online saying that, then I ain't got time for you, I'm afraid. Jog on. Exactly. Very polite. <laughs> We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our other sponsors for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Searching for and interviewing the right candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster and it's free. So what can you do with LinkedIn Talent Solutions? Well, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. You can focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritise who you'd like to interview and hire. So what are you waiting for? If you're a business owner, go ahead and check out LinkedIn Jobs who help you to find the candidates worth interviewing faster. And you can post a job for free. So there's really nothing to lose. All you have to do is visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, let's get back to the podcast. So another question from Team WTF1 member Emma J. Um, asks, if Lando drives tomorrow, how far up the grid do you think he can get? Uh, so obviously this is going to be depending on penalties, if he has to change his gearbox or anything like that, um, and seeing how he's going to be feeling tomorrow, because like I said, he could wake up and feel very sore, but um, I think it's going to take probably a lot more than, oh, I'm feeling a bit sore to stop <laughs> these drivers getting in the car. Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, but I mean, he's starting... Thinking? Ninth. I mean, again, like he genuinely could have been on pole. So he's got amazing race pace. We know how good he's been this year. It's a shame because this genuinely could have been a chance for him to potentially challenge for a victory. You know, if he could have put it on pole and you never know what could have happened. But um, the thing is with the, with the threat of rain mm. always in the air and tomorrow, it could be, you know, we could have another Ocon moment where something is a case of like just being on the right tire at the right time. The conditions are changing all the time. If we get a race like that, it sounds ridiculous, but he's genuinely not out of it. Even if he starts P20, you know, he could still get on the podium. Uh, but I'd be surprised if it isn't, well, we're going to, uh, the guy in P2 later, but Verstappen mm-hmm. and Hamilton just sort of checking out the start. Um, and then maybe like Lando coming through the field. But I don't know. I think he can still he can still have a great race. Uh, I'm going to predict that he finishes. I reckon he could still get fifth. Okay. I was going to go about P6. So we're kind of same, well, yeah. same kind of thing. I think it's doable for him. Yeah. With this I think pace. especially, and we've it's an seen easy Ferrari. track to, It's not an easy track to overtake. But it's a it's a great track to be able to overtake. Yeah, 
exactly and we've seen Ferrari had a complete shocker today so they're kind of one of his big competition out the window same with Aston Martin apart from Sebastian Vettel who's just doing Sebastian Vettel things now and that makes me so happy that like obviously Stroll is got his issues he's got his five place grid drop as well but um that Sebastian Vettel's got his yeah but to have Vettel with his mojo back is just the best feeling ever I love it (laughs) yeah um well yeah, so we've talked about the lows of qualifying. Let's talk about the highs because, <laughs> oh my goodness, Tommy, <laughs> we have George Russell in P2. Like, this, I feel like every time George Russell doesn't think, it's, it feels... I'm just looking at the result now and not it, real. Does, it doesn't look real seeing Williams, George Russell Williams, not even like George Russell Mercedes. You know, we thought, I mean, I'm going to say it now. I feel like the, the deal's done. He's there. Oh, yeah, must um, be. I think, I think it's pretty obvious that they're talking about it in my opinion they're waiting on Bottas to get a drive um wh- oh, you think they're gonna before be nice? they announce it to be nice about it you know Toto is his manager he's maybe wants to wait yeah. to see um and you know it'd be it'd be great look for them if they're like okay well we signed George Russell and then they can do their PR tweet of like oh isn't it great that Valtteri's signing for Alfa Romeo or whatever do you know what I mean um so when you yeah. say Alfa Romeo Crofty seemed to drop into conversation this morning that he thinks Kimmy's going to announce his retirement in Monza this year right so that could be quite a nice handover because yeah. George also said that he doesn't think anything is going to be mentioned until the Italian Grand Prix so it could be a little conspiracy theory there for no I, the people, I but... personally believe that as well I think it yeah. is actually all on Kimmy because mm-hmm. I think I think Bottas gets that alpha seat if Kimi goes. You know, Bottas, for all our roasting of him and stuff, he's a very solid yeah, driver that can beat Hamilton reliable. on his day. Um, he's just lost his confidence, and you know, maybe as a team leader in a team, um, he can get back to where he can be. But yeah, I think I think it is just we're just waiting for for Kimi. But by its original point, George Russell P two, what on <laughs> yeah, earth? Sorry. What on earth? I mean, I joked about it that, you know, he should just be there. Like, I I think as well, he looks genuinely really happy. And this is, this is why as well, like, I think he knows that he's going to Mercedes and he genuinely really wants to get like really good results for Williams before he leaves, because you can really Mm -hmm. tell that the team does mean a hell of a lot to him. We've talked about the frustrations of you know him feeling like he needs to be in a better car and he's in Williams, but you can tell like he genuinely loves that team. They've given him his Formula One chance. He wants them to, he, you know, he wants to leave on good terms and and Williams be like a good strong team. And he and he does seem like a genuinely like good guy for you know making it. It just seems to genuinely love Williams and wants them to do well. And you saw that in Hungary with even Latifi's result. That he, you know, him saying that he wants, you know, prioritize Latifi, like prioritize Nikki, just so I can do it. And I mean, he was buzzing, and the the reaction of the Williams mechanics was just awesome. Like everything they've been through, and just not getting points, and just being the laughing stock of F one for ages, and last every single race, and then to be able to celebrate a front row start is mind blowing. I mean. It's just unbelievable for him to be P2. Even if he'd got P6 or something, he'd be like, yeah, insane. But front row is just, 
it's um, yeah it's mad. it's it still it doesn't feel real and I feel like there's been so many moments in F1 this year where it's like has that actually just like actually happened like it takes a while to process it but every session um, there's something isn't there seems everything honestly this, this year. year is just chef's kiss and I will shout out Matt because he'll probably be miffed if I don't mention it so we do our quali- uh, qualifying and race predictions beforehand. And Matt put Russell in his top five. He put him P5, not P2. So I won't let his he's head get too Russ- big. He's a Russell hater. I can't believe Yeah, I know. As low as P5. <laughs> I know. Everyone thought he was going to um, get on the front row. Come on. Exactly. But yeah, fair play, Matt. Well done if you are watching. That was a pretty good prediction. Jinx Norris, though. So yeah, I, yeah. thanks a lot, like... Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's go to a question from Kevin Bricky, who asks, how far back will George fall? Come on, Kevin. He's only <laughs> just got on P2 and you're already asking how far he's going to fall back. Um, he said the car is clearly not up um, top to top team speed. Um, so how far can Williams keep that car? Um, I think it's probably going to be quite inevitable that he does drop back. I mean, as much as I would love it for him to finish P2 or take the win, like that really is <laughs> thinking out of the box and a bit of like gargar land. But um, I don't think George is going to ha- go into this thinking, oh, I'm going to fall back. I'm just going to keep it easy. Like he's got nothing to lose in P2. Obviously he has the points to lose if he does end up like binning it in lap one because he's put his car in a good position. But um, we've seen that he's not afraid to fight theorists for it. Kind of joking yeah. that uh, I think Paul Deresta alluded to it a little bit as well. That was, I mean, classic. But mm. that Max, you know, he's finally got Bottas nowhere near him, and he's got the other Mercedes driver, like Toto's driver, alongside him. I mean, if George goes into the side of Verstappen into Turn One, I think I think uh, Christian Horner will actually explode with terror. <laughs> um, like he's. <laughs> Who just combust yeah. on the pit wall? Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. I think I yeah. think realistically George has got to be looking at points. I don't. I, I genuinely don't think he's the driver. This has jinxed it now, and he's plowing into turn one and into the side of Max. But genuinely don't think he's the driver that will go for hero, especially after what happened in Imola. You know, he's proved himself mm. to be this amazing driver now. He needs to show that he's got a cool head. And even if he's got that Mercedes contract signed, mm. I think he needs to show, you know, get the points that you're able to. And I think realistically, he's going to, I think he's going to drop down to the lower points, but I think he'd be disappointed. He's, you've got to be disappointed if you don't get a point, even with the car that's awful. Mm. Uh, well, not awful, but like not great. If, if he's not getting a point, even after a whole race, I think he'd be very disappointed. Um, so, yeah, you, you've got to be hoping for like eighth or ninth. I'm hoping to all the racing gods out there that he can pick up some more points tomorrow because we're on the Williams points train now. Alfa Romeo are going to be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alfa Romeo, 15th and 18th on the grid and you've got George Russell. And yeah, Alfa should not be, not be where they are in the championship game. Well, you know, they could they could end up getting absolutely whitewashed by Williams, um, which is crazy. Mm. That's one thing I do love about Formula One, though. And like you touched upon it earlier and that Williams was trailing at the back. I know I know we've only had like hunger in the points and this qualifying today, but 
Um, they've shown, you know, good promise all this year, but like you say, they were the laughing stock of the paddock. And same with McLaren before that. And now how much things can change in, you know, still a relatively short amount of time. I'm sure if you're a Williams fan or you're a McLaren fan during the Honda days, it didn't feel like a quick time. It probably <laughs> felt like this time was stretching on forever. But um, yeah, I'm just really happy to see that variety in the pack again and not the same people dominating. And it's just nice to have a bit of variety, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's we interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, Beer 52. We've been sent a free case of eight craft beers from Beer 52 and you can get in on the action too. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover just the postage costs of £5.95. Remember, you have to be over 18, otherwise you're not allowed. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club with over 170,000 active members and each month members are sent a case with a different theme so it doesn't get boring. It comes with a magazine and snacks. And if you don't like dark beer, you can just choose the light option. The opportunities are endless. To make sure you feel as comfortable with the offer as possible, you can pause or cancel at any time. There are no commitments here. You just got to enjoy the beer and that's it. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and pay just the £5.95 postage to get all of this right now. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Um, well, let's have a chat about Ricardo because he managed to put his McLaren in P4 today, which is great from him. Um, at oh, this is a really great name. Thank you for picking this one out. At Talhahaha, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> she asked, or he asked, or they asked. Sorry. Um, opinion on Ricardo's P4? Better time than Perez and Bottas, which is true. And we should also mention some contracts that have been signed this weekend because we haven't touched upon that on a podcast yet. So Sergio Perez is going to be staying at Red Bull Racing for 2022, and Fernando Alonso at Alpine for 2022 as well. Um, but yeah, let's go back to Ricardo because. It was a good day from him today compared to how he's his qualifying has been at other points in the season. Yeah, he's got a he's really got to deliver with this result because mm. I don't I don't I don't want to you know I love Danny Rick absolutely adore him but he at the end of the day he's he's fourth which is an amazing result but you've got to think that Lando would probably be mm. up there in pole position potentially or at least. I, I, I'm generally going to go out and let him say Lando would be at least second. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he was quickest in Q1 and Q2. He was unbelievable mm. today. Um, so, yeah, which still, you know, puts him ahead of Danny Rick. Um, but he's got to maximise the fact that he's up there because I think it is his qualifying that's let him down a lot this year um, and his race pace as he kind of edges into the race a bit more, right? He tends to be a little bit more on Lando's pace. So I think if he, you know, he's got to be looking at kind of finishing there. He, he might even maybe have his eye on a podium if you think that George Russell's mm -hmm. going to drop down. Because one thing that I've not really got my head around in the whole craziness of George Russell um, being P2, but if you think if, if, it's Max and Lewis off into the distance. You've got the final slot on the podium and you've got, 
you know, Russell's up there, Ricardo's up there, Vettel's up there, you've got Gasly even ahead of Perez. So Perez is in seventh, Bottas is starting 13th. So we could see, we could see, you know, like a a nice surprise on the podium. Mm. And it wouldn't it be great if it was Danny Rick? That would be great. That That would would make my heart very full. (laughs) As a Danny Rick fan, that's been difficult to see him struggle so much this year. So yeah, that would be lovely. But like you say, it's kind of bittersweet because P4 is great, but your teammate might have got pole. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like yin and yang, kind of the balance there. But um, yeah, I'm very excited to see how Ricardo gets on tomorrow. His 200th race as well in Formula One, which an has gone by. He is an old boy. <laughs> it's gone so quick. Old man. Um, and same for Lando and George, uh, meant to be their 50th race tomorrow, which to me seems mad that, Russell and Lando have done a quarter of the race that Danny Rick has done. I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem right. Danny Rick seems like he's been in F1 forever. <laughs> doesn't seem. Maybe it's just the, the number of races but... now, like, mm. I remember it being quite a, this makes me sound like such a boomer and I go, but I'm going to say it anyway, <laughs> that when, when I was watching F1, you had like 16, 15, mm. 16 races, any, and, and the turnover of the grid was a lot bigger like anyone getting to like a hundred races it's quite a milestone whereas George and Lando are like babies still they they seem almost like rookies still and they're halfway to a hundred races already is is pretty bizarre to me it's scary I'm like oh my goodness what am I not what am I doing with my life obviously I'm very happy in my in my job my life but like you know like you say they've got 50 career starts to their name and they're what like 22 23 yeah exactly absolutely crazy, crazy. But yeah let's see how well, they Ma- get on what's, Ma- what's max on now he must be on because max yeah. is only what 23 yeah 23 and max verstappen yeah, has uh 131 starts oh, no <laughs> well he'll have 131 yeah so that's mad that's 130 crazy. starts at 23 years old. 50 he's probably po- going to get a record for being Max like... has got 50 podiums and he's 23. That is that is mad. Wow. Imagine he's, if he um... does like a Kimmy and he stays till his past 40. He's going to have like 5,000 starts to his name <laughs> yeah. at the rate that F1 are putting races on the calendar, um, which takes us into a quick little segue about the calendar, which has been announced today. So we're no longer having 23 races. We're only going to have 22. Um, and a few of the rounds have been shuffled around. I think Turkey's been moved forward a week. It's either been moved forward or it's been moved back. It's one I need of the to two. update my wall calendar. I'm just looking yeah, I'm thinking, this is all wrong. I can see Japan. I can see <laughs> like, Singapore? Singapore's still on there. Yeah, I need to... Australia, all uh, of these are gone. This is why I put Frank. all my... <laughs> Frank's Frank's heard about all this calendar chat. He yeah. wants to come and have a look. But yeah, this is why I've ended up putting all the races in pencil on my in my diary and stuff. I should have done everything that is not, changing. Not put it in pen. Well, there we go. Rookie mistake. Um, but yeah, we've had another calendar change. So if you want to Hooray. see that, then you can head over to WTF on socials and see the new calendar dates if you haven't already. Um, and finally, let's have a question from at Lakshya 1390 I don't know why I did zero and then I did oh, or something. I think I messed it up but anyway. Are we truly witnessing the very next generation of F1 with Lando, George and Verstappen? And then they've put Leclerc too sometimes as like a, an afterthought, which... Savage. Yeah, very savage from you. 
Yeah. Um, but what what are you thinking, Tommy? Are we witnessing the next next gen of F1 here? Absolutely. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, everything was better in my day, but this genuinely, for for all the hate on pay drivers and all this, like this is genuinely like an unbelievable grid. I mean, people um, like like even like Bottas, who obviously gets like roasted quite a lot, he's in a top seat. Like, in, do you know what I mean? Like he's a race winning driver that mm. can beat Lewis Hamilton on his day. And and the fact that some people think he's like rubbish just shows the quality of the grid. I mean, I'm looking at the names and even, you know, when Hamilton does call it a day, Verstappen, Russell, like Ricardo, if he's still going, Gasly, Ocon, yeah, Norris, Leclerc, Sainz, like these guys are amazing. Like all these drivers, like Mick Schumacher might end up, you know, mm-hmm. getting in a top team. And that's before you've even, you know, got any of the, the guys in F2 at the moment. But I genuinely think this grid is one of the best ever because you've got a, an amazing mix of like young talent, like your Lando's, um, Lando's and your Russell's. Then you've got like the next tier up, which is like your sciences that are unbelievable as well. He's guess, another one that people guess. really haven't like touched upon. Like science yeah. has done such an insane job this year. Like I knew he was talented, but this year he's gone up in my tier list. To, I don't know what Absolutely. tier, but like, if a, really if a team, <laughs> like, say like when Vettel retires or something and Aston Martin need a space, like mm-hmm. someone like science is like first on my list because he's going to, he's going to be, I genuinely think he could be a team leader. Like the stuff that he's done alongside Leclerc. And there's the talk of, you know, Mick Schumacher's going into that seat. I think that's the joke that they're already talking about him before science had even signed. So Leclerc, maybe there's no future at Ferrari for science, but I would, I, I think science is absolutely unbelievable. And, and, and that, that's what I mean. Like, I think science is an unbelievable driver. And I think Gasly is the same, but I'm putting them like tier like three or something. And then you've got like <laughs> another tier, which is, you know, your older statesman of like Alonso and uh, Vettel and Hamilton. And then you've got the like Leclerc's and Verstappen's. It's just, the grid is just so good. And I, the best thing about F1 at the moment is just that these battles are just going to go on and on because if it, if people like George Lando and Verstappen and Leclerc and Sainz and all these others are that good now, they're going to be something else when they're older. Like the talk of Hamilton being in his prime and the the, the season that Hamilton had last year imagine like Max Verstappen at that in imagine Max Verstappen being better than he is now like how like this just it's just going to be like another level isn't it so yeah everyone's in a really really good place despite everyone moaning about pay drivers and all that yeah I hope we're still doing podcasts when that's the case I mean like do you remember Tommy back in the day when we were saying about these young kids gonna be good drivers that was my old person's voice by the way (laughs) I've almost got um, it already. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. want to say Remember it. Remember but... all these drivers, uh, but 79-year-old Kimi Raikkonen's having a <laughs> season, isn't he? 
don't I honestly think <laughs> like every year I'm like surely this has got to be his last year he's like signed another year deal I'm like oh my god take yeah. the hint I mean he's had a bit of a mare this weekend he first he buffed his wheel in the pit buffed um the <laughs> technical term there buffed his wheel at the pit entry um had a some sort of off-road or well not off-road but like off-road yeah. <laughs> yeah he took his uh Alfa Romeo up along the hills um but he went off in FP1 or something like that he's been making Had a North few little Poly errors as well yeah sorry Kimmy I think it's time to hang up the helmet <laughs> if yeah. you like um right well there's still a million other things that have happened over the summer break and chats and rumors and stuff but let's wrap this podcast up because otherwise we will be talking until it is dark outside um almost but <laughs> yeah i know it's getting pretty dark um but final thoughts for this podcast anything you want to to mention or talk about oh um i just hope we have another banging race tomorrow mm. and it, i i obviously you know how much I love Max Verstappen, but I mean, if George Russell got into P1 and like held the field up and it made for this like exciting race, that would be something else, wouldn't it? I just hope, I just hope we have an, another amazing race. I hope it's a, I know this sounds really like, oh, I hope we have a safe race, but do genuinely oh, hope we have yeah. a safe race and just like a, a enjoyable, clean race with not too many like stoppages and things. Like it would just be nice to have like a, just a really, really good Grand Prix, just like we did at Hungary. Is it so much to ask for a, another Ocon victory? Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sure that's what Esteban Ocon was hoping for too, but Alpine didn't look too great today, did they, with their pace? No. Um, but yeah, no, I echo exactly what you say. Hope that these guys will get home safely tomorrow after the race. You know, we don't want anything happening, um, any crashes or anything like that. Um, but hey, we've got to have faith in F1 and these drivers and all the incredible safety that happens um, within this championship. Um, and as a final, final thought, um, final, Team final WTF1, <laughs> going for ages, normally I don't have any final thoughts and I've got loads today. Um, so Team WTF1, which is a subscription service that we run, you'll probably hear us, we've asked, got some questions from Team WTF1 members today. Um, we've got a really cool Silverstone track experience coming up next month that I want to talk about because... <laughs> Frank doesn't. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> well, that's certainly if you had fallen asleep to this podcast, that's definitely woken you up. <laughs> so that's Frank's final thought. So we got that. Um, but yes, Silverstone. So next month we've got something really cool lined up. Um, obviously Silverstone being the British Grand Prix venue. Um, there's going to be some high-speed passenger rides in several race cars around the full Grand Prix circuit. Um, and you can also drive your own car around there if you want to. Get Frank. Right for the gram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like a like a track tour as well. So you'd be able to mm. stop at corners and take pictures and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, not not often you get to go to a Formula One track and actually drive around it and essentially it's like your your playground it's gonna be our yeah. playground for the day a formula one track which is rather exciting 
It's very exciting. Yeah. As Tommy mentioned, um, we'll all be there. Um, and there's things like catering provided and stuff like that. Uh, state of the art simulators, if you're into that kind of thing, can watch me try and attempt to set a lap of Silverstone. I just, I did a Sega rally at our clubhouse that we had, and that was just a disaster. I can't do simulators, but. I want to um, see your reaction in a passenger ride if it's anything like the uh, Ollie Watch Along <laughs> when George Russell went P2. It should be. Uh, Oh my Great goodness. Content. Gonna have to get a front facing GoPro. GoPro on you. Yeah. Yeah. Get one that's like right <laughs> above my head. So it's literally <laughs> such an unflattering angle. But yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um, so if you want to know more about that, um, you can visit the link. I guess, Tommy, you can pop it in, pop it in the description or something I will like that. Be. Amazing. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll see some of you there. Um, but for now, that is the WTF1 podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this qualifying special. Obviously, we don't normally record on a Saturday, so that's quite cool. Um, and we'll be back with Matt, I should probably add. He's also ready for um, Internet's Best Reactions tomorrow, so be sure to keep an eye out for that on the YouTube. Um, but we'll be back Monday to talk about the Belgian Grand Prix. I can't wait. I know. We saved this podcast to do, rather than do a midweek one, we were like, oh, yeah. there might not be any news. Let's see if there's any news on Saturday. Oh, George Russell is on the front row in Williams. Okay. <laughs> as you do it kind of works okay well thanks very much for listening and goodbye frank <laughs> he seems very thanks desperate for, for attention yeah thanks for interrupting frank as um always. and we'll see you soon bye bye enjoy the race